0: each one of you, and we know God's blessed us uh, tremendously, so thank you for being who you are in our lives. I um, want to welcome all of you, all of you that are joining us online, uh, watching or listening, whatever day or time you're watching and listening, we welcome you, and we just thank you for joining us today. Uh, you should receive an out, have received an outline that says, The Enemy and the Word, Part 2. Does everybody receive... One of these. Okay, last week as I ministered to you, I began a new series that I've titled The Sword of the Lord, and uh, meaning the Word of God. This is our sword. This is what we are called to know, to keep hidden in our heart, that we walk in the Word of God. And uh, I began by sharing with you how the enemy... Of our soul desires to steal that word. Um, So I titled last week's message, The Enemy and the Word. And we're going to look again at that same subject. We're going to go into a different passage of Scripture. We're going to look at Mark's account of the sower or the parable of the sower. So I've got the Scriptures there for you on your outline. We're going to look at John 10, Mark 4, Psalm 119, and James 1. And as I shared with you last week, One of Satan's tactics is to steal God's Word from our heart. And we know that the Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if we're not hearing it, then we will have very little faith as it relates to our relationship with God. If we are hearing the Word, then Satan will attempt to steal what we're hearing. And today, um, I want you to understand the reason that he wants to do that is because we please God through faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Satan is after our faith. So he's after the weapon that we use to stay strong in faith. And Satan knows better than we do what lies within our power of faith, and it's because of that knowledge that he worked so hard to keep the Word of God from us. And I just want to say that as, as we looked last week at the parable of the sower as recorded in Luke 8, today we're going to examine that same parable from Mark's perspective because Mark uses a few different words that describe the meaning of, of where the seeds landed. Um, But before we go there, I want to take you back to our foundation scripture, and that is John 10.10. And John 10.10 says this, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? Give you life and to give it more abundantly. Now, we looked at that verse last week, but we did not go into detail on it, and it's important for us to know the details of this because in this verse, Jesus tells us plainly that Satan has a plan for our life, and that is to steal from you, to kill, and to destroy. That is his plan. And how many of you know he's good at what he does? And the the thing that he wants to do is he wants to destroy our jobs he wants to destroy our families he wants to destroy our joy he wants to destroy our happiness our health our finances our marriage and especially our kids and i just want you to know he wants to literally destroy any and everything he can and as i share with this with you today i just want you to understand what the word thief means it is the word that comes from the greek word klepto. Now, you've probably heard of the term kleptomaniac, right? Immediately we go to that term, and that is a term for any person who is a persistent, they have a a persistent neurotic impulse to steal. Kleptomaniac. In the Greek, the word paints a picture of a bandit, a robber, a pickpocket, or a thief who is so artful In the way that he steals, that their thievery is nearly undetectable. Like a a pickpocket, you wouldn't even know you got anything stolen because they're so good at what they do. That's a picture of the enemy today. And Jesus uses this term to let us know the devil is very cunning in the way that he steals from people. Would you agree with that? He's very cunning. And, in fact, he was very cunning in the, in the garden when he came and deceived Eve. He, he came through the back door. He didn't go in the front door and, and try to deceive Adam. He went through and he went to Eve. Because Eve, Eve had only heard what Adam said God told him. God told Adam, in the day that you eat from that tree, you will surely die. And the devil knew how to get in to the family. And so, he knows that if he does an outright theft, that his actions will be recognized. So, what he does is he steals from people in such a deceptive way that he often accomplishes his evil goal without them even knowing they've been stolen from. And the thief not only comes to steal, but he also says that he comes to kill Now, a lot of times we think that word at first glance would mean to kill as in taking someone's life, and he is not opposed to doing that. But in this Greek word, the Greek word for kill here is the Greek word thuo, and that means to sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Literally, it means to slaughter. And so, It originally referred to the sacrificial, uh, sacrificial killing of animals on the altar, and we're familiar with that from the Old Testament. But it can mean to sacrifice, to surrender, or to give up something that's precious and dear. So this word in the Greek has nothing, not so much to do with the actual act of killing you, okay, it actually has more, not let, less to do with terms of murder and more to do with taking something or having us sacrifice something that's important to us and to give it up. What he cannot steal, he will influence you to freely give. You say, Pastor, how can he do that? Case in point. If he cannot. Steal your joy, okay you come together with the house of God, and we begin to pray and we begin to praise god and you 're joyful in your in your in your praise to God. what he will try to do is bring circumstances into your life to rob you of that joy or to rob you of your peace, and the thief cannot bear to to The fact that we possess any kind of blessing, and therefore, if he is unsuccessful at stealing the good things from our life, he will try to give up, cause us to give up freely those good things because he does not want us to have it. I want you to understand, the enemy is your enemy, and the enemy is not a man, it's not a woman, it's not a person, it's not a uh, nation, it's not uh, anything like that. It is the, the devil and his demons the angels that fell with him. And the last thing that Jesus said about the thief is not only does he come to, to steal and to kill, but he comes to destroy. And I, as you look that word up in the Greek, the word destroy comes from the Greek word that is apolumi. Everybody say apolumi. You're, you're speaking Greek. And that means to destroy fully. It actually would it had the connotation of annihilate to destroy fully. So it carries the idea of something that is ruined, something that's wasted, something that's trashed, devastated, destroyed. And by using this word, we discover that if the thief is unsuccessful in his attempts to steal from us or to convince us to sacrifice what we hold dear, then he will come in and ruin it. And that's what he did in the garden. Do you see this? Now, even though this is the devil's plan, I don't want to stop there because that verse doesn't stop there. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus didn't stop there. He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Okay, the word life there that Jesus uses is the Greek word zoe. And that suggests a life that is filled with vitality. So, the word, uh, the word abundantly came to give you vitality, life, and to give it abundantly. That word is the Greek word periosis, and it means to be above, to be beyond what is regular, to be extraordinary and even exceeding. So, the life that Jesus gave you is not just existing. There's a lot of people living life and they're just existing, but they're depressed, they're down, there's no joy, they're worried, they're stressed, their marriage is bad. You see what I'm saying? They're miserable at their job, and the devil wants us to walk and live through life like that, but Jesus said, I came to give it more abundant. I came to give you life that is not, uh, it's beyond what's regular. And so Satan's most valuable weapon Listen, like you have four ears on your head. His most valuable weapon is deceit. He's known as the deceiver. The deceiver. And if he can cause you to believe him, he has you deceived. The Bible says that he is a liar. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of lies. And because the word of God is so powerful, and through it we can overcome him, he attempts to minimize the word of God in our lives by stealing it, getting us to think less about it, and Satan will lie to us about the power of the word, and if we accept that lie, that word is destroyed in our life. Now, let's look at Psalm 119, verses 105. Are you getting anything out of this? Look at verse 105 and 130. The Bible, first in Psalm 119, 105, longest chapter in the Bible, says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 130 says that the unfolding of your words, watch this, gives light It gives understanding to the simple. You see, that is the function of God's Word within us. It's a light unto our path. If you ever feel like you're walking in the dark in this world, there's a light that God has given you. You don't have to walk in the dark. And so, all of us know what it's like to walk down a dark path without a flashlight, right? And there is a fear of the unknown. Maybe, you know, if you're out in the woods or you're... You know, out where bears live, it uh, would be kind of good to know what's out there, wouldn't it? You know, maybe someone's hiding along the path looking for an opportunity to attack. That's the devil. And there is caution as you walk in the dark because there is uncertainty. And that's the way Satan wants us to walk in this world. But if we will take the light of God's Word and click it on, don't click it off, keep it on. He's got an eternal battery on it. And, and just keep it, keep it on. You will know that, that as you walk, you'll walk with purpose because that light is shining before you. You will not walk life scared because you can see by the light which brings clarity before our eyes. The Word of God is that light which removes the darkness from all around us. Do you all remember Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil. And sometimes, listen, when we walk through that valley, a loved one passes, uh, and it seems like we're in the dark, you know what? You can't have a shadow without light. David said, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How is that shadow there? Because there's light there. God's still there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So as we read this parable today from Mark's perspective, I want you to watch closely as you will see the thief steal, kill, and destroy the seed that's sown. Are you ready? We're going to just kind of break this down uh, verse by verse. And as I shared last Sunday, the seed is the Word of God. When... The Word of God is sown within us. It can be stolen from us, or it can be choked, or it can lie dormant and die, or it can take root and grow. And Satan's plan involves the former three, stealing it, choking it, or keeping it dormant within us. Now, let's look closer at what Mark says, verses 15 through 17. Jesus said, these are the ones who are beside the road where the Word is sown, and when they hear... Immediately, everybody say immediately, as soon as they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. That is a very similar, it says, in a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary, then when affliction or persecution arises, everybody say Affliction say persecution, when affliction and persecution arises because of the Word, immediately they fall away. Now, this is the explanation for the seeds that fall alongside the road and the seeds which fall on the rocky soil that has no depth. And as I shared last week, the seeds that fall along the road is where the Word is sown, but Satan immediately comes and steals it away, and the person continues to not believe and be saved. And what I want us to examine more closely this morning is verse 17 and the explanation given for the seeds that fall on the rocky soil. Last week, Luke captures the Jesus description of these seeds as being received with joy by the person and the person believes. Now watch this. However, when temptation comes, the word that they had received dries up because the person didn't do anything with the word. It already said it already gives us the connotation that it wasn't watered. We got to water the word. Once we hear it today, we'll we'll need to water it. And the way we water it is bring it back up in the remembrance and plant it. Let it stay planted inside of our heart. In Mark's translation of what Jesus said, he doesn't use the word when temptation comes. He actually uses the words affliction and persecution. And those two words paint a more complete picture from the word temptation. Here's what the word persecution means. It means to pursue relentlessly over a cause. And I want you to see this clearly in your hearts. Satan wants to remove the one thing from your heart that he so fears desperately, and that's the Word of God. He knows the power of God's Word so he will pursue you relentlessly until he can get it and that's why the bible says clearly in james 1:12 blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for once he has been approved he will receive the crown of life which the lord's promised to those who love him how many want to see the, the crown of life amen can i just tell you this it's going to take perseverance under trial The devil's going to come and he's going to persecute you. Sometimes you might be the only one standing for what God says. We live in a world today that wants to twist what God says. We live in a world today that wants to okay what God says is not okay. If I can just be up front with you. And the devil is doing that. The devil's the one deceiving people. Are you with me? Now watch this. Satan will persecute you or pursue you relentlessly over a cause, over the Word of God, that's the cause, in hopes that one day, due to the persecutions, you'll just stop and you'll give up. Would you hear me today? You can't let that happen. Look at your neighbor and say, You can't let that happen. If you will persevere through the trials, you will overcome because the Word has promised you you will. You are more than a conqueror. Many Christians give up at the point of crossing into victory because they just simply get tired of persecutions. But if we will weather the storm, I believe we will see the Son of God shine, the Esau And the second word that Mark uses is the word affliction. Now, that word means to oppress or to weigh down with anything that will weigh down, and that includes sicknesses, diseases, emotional stresses that we carry. Do you know that if you are drained mentally, that, that your body will display physical symptoms of you being physically tired? Have you ever experienced that? Even after you sleep for eight hours, you will still feel physically tired. It's not physical tiredness that you're experiencing. You're experiencing emotional, mental tiredness, which makes you feel physically tired. And Satan will use any means necessary to keep you out of God's Word, and your mental, physical tiredness is just one of them. It's easier for him to get people to believe that the Word of God is not all cracked up uh, to, to be what they are told that it is to be, and they're already tired, and they're looking for a reason to just check out. But the Word of God, when this is implanted in you, when Jesus is done talking about it, it yields fruit. It yields fruit. You know, I remember, I I don't have a grass yard anymore in my front yard when we uh, went to the house we're at now. I really didn't want to care for a yard anymore. I wanted rock, so that's what I got. So I got a rock yard, and I have to take care of that yard. But when I had a grass yard... um, Here in Phoenix, they can be beautiful all year long, right? And what you got to do is you have to plant that uh, rye, the perennial rye, coming up here in a month or two, and plant that rye. But when you plant it, there's these little creatures that like that seed. These birds will come in. And I remember the first time I had it planted, I had somebody else do it, and then I figured out I can do what he's doing. But he said, what we're going to do is we're going to double how much seed it's going to take because the birds are going to eat half of it. I think today, in this day and hour, we probably ought to double how much seed we get inside of us because the devil's like those birds trying to take out the seed that's being planted inside of us. But if you will stay in that Word, Satan can't get it. He can't steal it. He can't give you to give it up freely. He will attempt to destroy it through you, through afflictions and through persecutions. But if you will stand and say, I'm not going to let you have it, and you are going to stand on the Word of God, remember that? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Now, the third seed, as I begin to close, is... The seed that falls among the thorns. And Mark captures Jesus' explanation this way. He says, others are the seeds, verses 18 and 19. Others are the ones on whom seed is sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who've heard the word, but the worries of the world. Everybody say worry. And deceitfulness of riches. Everybody say deceit. And the desire for other things enter in and choke choke the word. It's literally like choking something. It chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, the word worries there in verse 19 is also translated as cares. The way this word is used and defined here, it really should give all of us, it should cause us to pause. The worries of the world, the cares of the world, Jesus said, "Those seeds fall among the thorns and are choked when they grew. And when a person hears the word of God and receives them, the cares of this life come in to try to choke out the word. And that literally means uh, uh, the definition of care implies anxiety of mind. Do you know what one of the biggest medications that are given to people today? What it's for? Anxiety and depression." cares. People are carrying around a lot of cares. But Dr. Jesus has a solution. You see, cares implies anxiety are troubled by grief and weighed down by responsibility. And, and the things that we care about most, you know, just living life can choke out the Word of God from us if we don't get that Word implanted in us. So Jesus said the, li- the cares of this life choke that Word, and He called it worries. So remember wh- what the thief comes to do, to steal, kill, and destroy. And he steals the Word in the thorny ground from folks before they can take hold of it because of care, because of worries. The Bible says this, cast your... Cares upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. It's okay for God to care because He knows how to care. Amen. He's got the power to take care of our care. Remember, Jesus is the enemy, is a thief. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is our has overcome that thief because he's also come, that thief came when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil after he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil tried to get the word out of him. But Jesus just kept coming to him and kept coming to him with the word of God. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He would not let the devil take what he had inside of him. So today, as you reflect on this message, I just want you to ask yourself, Has the devil stolen any of the Word of God from you? You said, Pastor, I don't know. Listen to me. Here's a great way to figure it out. If you can't bring it into remembrance, he stole it. You see, the Bible says, I will hide the Word of God in my heart. Why? So that I might not sin against God. We've got to keep the Word of God in us, and if the Word of God is in us, we'll bring it back to remembrance to everything that we need. Amen? Jesus said, the devil said to him, hey, if you're hungry, make these stones. You're the son of God. Make these stones bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So as we do this, we have got to be prepared this week for the devil to use everything within his power to cause us or get us to give up the word and to not walk in its power and in its authority. And he'll use all kinds of ways. He might use co-workers. He might use family. He might use friends. He might use life circumstances. No matter what it is, you just simply say, I'm going to stand on the word. I'm not going to believe it's outdated. Some people think this is an outdated book. The Bible said it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, so remember the things you need to remember. Listen, I heard a phrase last week, and I want to leave this with you before I bless you. The phrase is this. We tend to remember the things we should forget. And we tend to forget the things we should remember. Stand on the word, implant it within yourself, and then, and only then, will you have something in you Satan wants to steal. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet, if you will, today. Do you know what will happen if you protect that word that's in you? You'll become like Fort Knox. You'll you'll be impenetrable. The devil won't be able to get inside you. Bow with me, if you will. Father, I pray now you'd take this word, that you would place it on our heart, let it grow, let it build, let us water it. And Lord, as we go our way, I pray that you'd walk with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday and continue. God bless.